RTT. 47. Number 47. Uh, we're talking about prayer still. Amen series. Amen. Hey, we're in. Did the video go out last week? Okay. Video's yeah. coming. You got another. We're well, in. By the time they. By the time they hear this, the video will be up there. There you so go. So they will have seen it. You will have seen the former uh, video. And fallen in love. This Chad's Calvary crib. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Coming to you from Chad's Calvary crib. CCC. Uh, yeah, we're, we're talking about prayer. Prayer for mm. others. Uh, prayer for others. And I don't know. We, we, get, we get prayer requests uh, here at Calvary every, every week. Uh, sometimes daily, uh, and lots of them are f- prayers for others, mm-hmm. uh, and they're prayers for uh, people in who need some sort of uh, need a job and need healing or something. Often it's a, it's health related, which is great, uh, and you know I think that's entirely appropriate. Just looking at prayers for others in the New Testament, and it's interesting what you see. Yeah. And what, uh, I don't know that we often pray. It's not as though prayer for my cousin to get a job or my grandma to get better is bad right? at all. Those are perfectly uh, appropriate prayers for others, and we'll talk about those in a bit. But um, I think, you know, praying according to the Scripture, as we talked about earlier, praying for others, it often looks different. Uh, and one of the, you know, we talked about this, praying that the Lord's Prayer give us today our daily bread. Uh, I, I pray that, and kind of the us might change from day to day as I pray it, but it's often my family, and it's a prayer for protection, provision, and, you know, whatever God needs to provide uh, that day, uh, and that's sort of a scriptural, you know, rhythm that I'm in. Um, but you also, you look at Philippians 1, you look at Ephesians 1, most of Paul's letters start out with how he's praying for them. Yeah. Uh, and let me just quick, you know, Philippians 1, starting verse 3, I thank my God every time I remember you and all my prayers for all of you. I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. So he's praying for... God's work in them to be complete. And he prays with joy because they are participating with him in the gospel. And, and he's praying with confidence that God will complete his work in them. In Ephesians 1, starting in verse 15, For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all of God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the holy people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. So he's praying for uh, God's spirit. Uh, to be on them, that they would have wisdom, that they would know God better, that the eyes of their heart would be enlightened uh, to know the hope, uh, to know the riches of the inheritance of, that they have and, and the great power that they have. So it's this, again, the spiritual work in them would advance and that they would realize it and then they would apprehend it. You know, in Jesus' prayer for us, my prayer is not for them alone. This is John 17. 
I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one, I and them and you and me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. And so Jesus is praying for our unity uh, and that how that unity as God's people would speak. And so I, what do we, I, that just struck me as I'm thinking of praying for other people, and you look at these prayers for others in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. Now, there are also prayers at the end of the letters for individual cases, you know, to, to the earlier point, but like what's going on here and why, if, if my assumption is that most people don't pray these sorts of prayers for other people on a regular basis, mm-hmm. is that a safe assumption, you think? Uh, I think it's fair. Fair? Yeah. yeah fair, assumption. fair assumption. So why is that? What does that say about us? Yep. What does that say about what we think about prayer even, or our relationship to God. I think there's there's a lot there that I haven't really yet pondered. So maybe yeah. while we're sitting here with microphones, we can ponder together. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, praying for others, the work of intercession. Um, when I think about what you're describing, I think about when we sit around the table and we ask our my kids, we just pray before dinner, do you wanna pray? Or we're praying for something else. And you don't have to teach a child necessarily um, what to pray for when they're praying. They will probably automatically discover in the world, oh, Aunt Sally's sick, or I heard, like, here's a problem, here's a deficit, here's a pain, we want God to fix it. Mm -hmm. And like you're saying, that's not wrong. But I wonder, when I'm thinking about this, I think Paul was a very deep person. I think some of these prayers reflected his depth of understanding of how he thinks God is working in the world, or maybe how he wants to see God working in the world in the lives of the church that he's praying for. And so it's not that, you know, he replaces praying for the healing of of a sick woman in the church with, I want there, I don't want to pray for that, so therefore I'll just pray for spiritual work. I would argue that he probably, in some level, is going to pray for both. You know, God, heal this person. Yeah. And God, in the midst of this sickness, use it to deepen their faith in you. Like he says in Philippians 3, complete the work. Com- whatever work you're doing, like use these circumstances to complete it. So we don't want to go too cold-hearted to say we don't pray for, you know, Joe to get a job or something like that. We pray for those things. But we also pray that there's there's deeper work than just what meets the eye. Mm-hmm. There's this deep spiritual work that we're also praying for. Yeah, that's for. an interesting, I guess, way to look at it, because I think that is sort of the natural, left to our own devices, we have a relationship with God, God has met our needs at some level, we are thankful to Him, we pray that for other people. Yeah. That seems natural, normal. Like you said, you don't even have to teach a child to do that. And again, nothing wrong with that. We do see Paul, and typically at the end of the letters, there's more personal uh, greetings and uh, things like that. Um, But it does seem like, you know, this idea that maybe this is is another level or two down Mm -hmm. 
in, you know, in terms of depth, mm-hmm. where um, he's praying for these things that are all, all of these things bear, uh, you know, they, they, they speak to the transformation of somebody's life that bears fruit now, but that bears fruit eternally. Yeah. Right? Um, and I don't know that we are, you know, maybe we just live a lot in this temporal level, and that's the concerns of, so for instance, we're in this situation with, you know, if you're listening to this podcast 10 years from now, which I'm sure it's going to become a classic <laughs> and it's sold in box sets. 10 million listeners. Yes, 10 million listeners. You know, you'll, you'll need to be reminded that we were going through this time of the, you know, the coronavirus or COVID or SARS-CoV-2 or COVID-19 <laughs> I don't know. We've not settled on a nomenclature. <laughs> I was going to say, would yeah, someone anyway. just land yeah, on just it? <laughs> whatever. Um, and and I do think praying for what's happening temporarily is so. I'm you know trying to make the point that this level of prayer is not bad. It's perfectly appropriate if we didn't pray for people's healing, protection that the doctors and the, the, you know, the healthcare workers, the nurses, you know, the, the uh, you know, EMT, all, all the people who are involved in taking care of these people, that they would be protected and strengthened, that the people who are sick would be healed, uh, that the, the spread of the virus would be delayed so mm-hmm. that hospital resources, all of that stuff is, of course, perfectly good. Yeah, and to not pray things like that would be you real, would lack silly. compassion. Yeah, it would be. You'd it lack would compassion. be lack compassion, and I think you'd probably be living in a, uh, in a, in an unreal, un, unreality. And I think that's a point I'd kind of like to come back to because I wonder if sometimes we don't pray about things that we don't want to think about. That's good. Um, but let me just come back to that point later, and and so without without that, that's all good to pray for and should be prayed for. But I don't know that we we live in this temporal plain and i'm wondering do, do we pray for other spiritual transformation for their good for their benefit for our unity for the unity of god's people and i don't know that we do very often yeah. and so i kind of like my first hypothesis is i don't pray that enough for myself mm-hmm. so i'm not even thinking about it yeah in order to pray for you I have to, at some level, Paul is dealing with, interacting with this transformational hope, the spirit of, of wisdom, uh, you know, this, this, that he's got a glorious inheritance. All these words are coming out of him. He's wrestling with that himself. That's some sort of transformational force within him. So this thing that I'd want you to experience that mm-hmm, as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm just wondering, is that one of the reasons our prayers don't aren't at that level that often. Uh, I should just say, you know, let's say mine, you know, I don't want to make assumptions about all our listeners, uh, although I'm the kind of person who's making assumptions about that right now, (laughs) and I think I'm right. Anyway. About you. You. All of you out there, you know who you are. Uh, Do Because maybe I'm not praying that for myself. Mm -hmm. I'm not wrestling with those transformational... you know, while I'm praying for all of the stuff that needs to be prayed for in terms of the virus, I'm praying that God's will will be done, that I would be transformed, that I would 
lean more on the hope of my glorious inheritance? Yeah. Am I, you know, am I doing that or am I just up here all the time? Right. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Are we I think we should engage in those compassionate prayers um for, you know, um vaccines and protection and health. All of that wisdom for the government leaders. All of that should engage in those compassionate prayers. Um and for when people are forced to slow down and reevaluate their lives and reevaluate their situations. And maybe they have zero faith in God that this might be a turning point for them, that this could be an opportunity. Again, not praying cold hearted. I think that's the risk that we run if we don't continue to pray compassionately, that we just become pretty stoic. And well, it doesn't really matter. We just want God to use these tragic mm-hmm. circumstances to you know, do right. something. But the other risk equally probably as dangerous is you know, when James says in James 1, consider it pure joy when you face trials because these trials got to run their course and they produce character and hope. Sometimes I wonder if we are praying in such a way to get out of a trial when the very thing we're praying for would actually be to pray against God's will, so to speak, right. because God wants to do a deeper... What do you want to be done here in yeah. my heart because of what's right. happening today? More formative work. And I wonder if we're our prayers are actually the opposite of what he wants to do. Right, because I think, you know, Paul is, is he himself is in, you know, is in prison. He's, you know, undergoing persecution. Some of the people he's writing to are or will soon. And he's, he's, he's less concerned with that, but with what God is doing in their hearts through that. Uh, and that's a, that's a different... So now we're wrestling with the sovereignty of God and what prayer actually is. Mm -hmm. Because I think that points to something even deeper, which is, am I open to saying, what are you up to, God? In the most painful of circumstances, the death of a loved one or a divorce or sickness or this virus or the, you know, the loss of income, the loss of my business because of this virus or um, what are you up to? Like, what are you, we pray that all of this be, will be alleviated, but until, you know, what, what, what should be happening in my heart? What, you know, what, what have I grown too comfortable with? What have I grown too dependent on? Was my sense of independence too high? Probably, probably, you yeah. know. And so what can I learn here and now that I wouldn't, be able to learn. I think that's otherwise. good. One of the things that it hasn't even really been a prayer of mine, but it's been something that's been forced that's as a result of kind of what's going on. You could call it a trial. I think what we're going through, you could call sure. it a trial. Um, is that I start to see people and slow down and you're forced to recognize other humans in need and not objectify them so much. The grocery clerk or people you pass in the store, they're maybe, if you're scared, they're maybe as scared as you are. Then maybe they're trying to figure out stuff for their family or they're looking for toilet paper and meat just like you are. And so people, you know, I I heard a story the other day of someone couldn't buy um, two gallons of milk. I didn't know this was a thing because nobody stopped me from buying milk in the past two weeks. But they couldn't buy two gallons, so the woman behind... So there's a limit. There was a limit. The woman behind the other person bought the extra gallon, Mm -hmm. gave it to... So you see humanity Mm -hmm. 
uh, looking at each other a bit differently. Hey, we're all kind of in this together. And so we're, you know, obviously we can make a great mess and hurt people, but you also see this other side. So I think, I do think you're right. Things are happening, which are maybe causing us to reflect and be invited to pray in different ways, in bigger ways, in deeper ways, um, in ways that we haven't prayed because we are being forced. There's a reckoning, so to speak, with our, our way of life. Mm-hmm. And it's stopped. Yeah, and I just, you know, probably whatever happens, some of these reflections need to, I need to carry forward when this crisis has passed. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of, <clears throat> it, it has led me to reflect on um, if I got everything I wanted and, uh, you know, I prayed for a, high income job and a, you know, I prayed for a house that was, you know, I prayed for, and I got all of that. Would that actually be the death of my soul? Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe, you know, can I then trust that God knows really what, what my soul needs, what my heart yeah. needs, what, and, and can I trust him in that? And that's a very, it's a mysterious it's easy to say yes in principle, but then when something really bad happens, you know, the loss of a child or the loss of, you know, your business that you've built for 20 years and bankrupt, well, that's a lot harder. Yeah. But it might still be the thing that I still have hope, you know, it is still well with my soul because this is not all there is. Yeah. And I can trust him and I don't know how it's supposed to work out or how it can work out. Um, I just think that's a very vulnerable um, sort of feels, yeah, vulnerable, like completely dependent. And that's a place where probably we need to be when we pray Mm -hmm. and for ourselves or others. And I just don't know that we will often get there unless we're sort of forced there. Right. Yeah, I think so. I think you you bring up a good point. You brought up a good point when you started. If I'm not praying these things in my own life, I'm probably not praying that level of prayer or depth for other people around me, you know. And that's not again, it's not wrong, but what's the most important thing? being shaped into the right. you know, image of Christ, be, right. people being conformed to his image so we can steward his kingdom of justice, love, and mercy. So the more we reflect him, the more the world reflects him. And um, so me praying that, you know, my family or my friends or my coworkers would grow more and more, as Paul says two times, um, in the knowledge of God, mm-hmm. that his work would continue, that we would grow in unity um, as Jesus prayed. What about, too, this sense of... I'm, Praying for others. So I want something for this person, or I want some change in their life, mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, but I have no, I have no real ability to affect that change. Yeah. And I do think of, I wonder if that keeps us from praying for others, where it just feels like. It feels like, oh, this is futile. This is hopeless. This isn't doing any good. <laughs> you know, I know them. Yeah. They're never going to change. Yeah. 
And I think, you know, at one theological level, we know that's not true. But at the real practical level, we stop praying for them. Yeah. And maybe that's why. We don't, you know, our, theolo our theology hasn't changed. But can we We're, then say, I don't, I don't, listen, Lord, I, I'm at my end with this person. I'm praying for this person. You know, it's like the father when Jesus uh, wants to heal the, the, the son and uh, and the disciples can't help and you know only you know I believe help my unbelief he says to Jesus right and it's this sense of I, all I've got is a belief in you and I just offer this person up to you yeah and that's hard to do over and over and over again right but for some reason that's what we're called to do so why do you think that is? That we're, that it's hard to do. That, why do you think we're? I mean, we're called to do this thing over and over again, where we just go, "Yeah, here I am again, Lord." I just don't know if we love very well. <laughs> just, <laughs> <laughs> I think I think a lot of things there going on, but ultimately we're probably being formed into um, more loving people. Mm -hmm. And I think for us, to me, it just it, there's a dance. Am I praying for this person to change because this struggle, personality, quirk, whatever, um, annoys me? Okay, well, that's not from love. Yeah, I'm really praying for myself. <laughs> yeah, it's not from right. love. Um, am I praying for this person to experience the love of God, to know that they belong to Him, and to you know trust, and because I care about them? Well, that's different. This is different. Even though I can say... Yeah, these things, these triggers, these things bother mm -hmm. me, mm -hmm. but I keep lifting them up to you. Mm -hmm. um, I once heard someone say, you know, when you pray for your enemies, pray for them as you would yourself. And they'll soon, in mm -hmm. your heart, not be much of an enemy. Yeah. It's hard to pray blessings on your enemy right. that genuinely, like, no, I really want them to know you and to be shaped into your image and really... Then they keep being your enemy after you pray, you know, for a certain, after a while... It's hard for you to think of them. It is hard as you, as an enemy, and I've um, so I've had a, an occasion of the last few years, you know, a number of occasions um, to pray, and I, I I want you know we're commanded to pray for our enemies. Mm -hmm. So you know, what does that look like? Uh, you know, I pray this person will be nicer to me. We'll see the error of their ways. Will you know? Will come to me humbly. Yes. And repent and dust yes. and ashes. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't think that's what Jesus has in mind. Uh, and I found this, it's the Book of Common Prayer, it's called Prayer for Enemies, and there's, you know, this is uh, a Reformation document, 1550-ish, somewhere in there, right? Church of England. Uh, and this is this prayer uh, for our enemies, and it's, O oh God, the Father of all, whose Son commanded us to love our enemies, lead them and us from prejudice to truth, deliver them and us, from hatred, cruelty, and revenge, and in your good time enable us all to stand reconciled before you through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Now, it is, well, I was going to it's if you're really praying that prayer for somebody else, you're going to think of them differently. You're going to mm -hmm. think of yourself differently. Mm -hmm. uh, that whatever, is the, whatever the nature of the eneminess begins to almost to pay, in other words, the enemyness kind of exists at this top level, and it might yeah. be real and painful, and they might oppose you, and they're saying, they're gossiping against you, or they're 
somehow they're 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 being unfair they're whatever and if now this is a prayer that kind of brings you down to a deeper level with that person mm -hmm. and it isn't that this thing goes away or is not painful it's just this now puts it in a whole nother perspective especially if they're a fellow believer that one day we will stand reconciled i mean for eternity we'll stand reconciled uh and that we need to move from you know prejudice to truth and we need to move away from hatred and cruelty and revenge and that's what god's will is more than that's what god's will is more than they stop doing bad things to me yeah well and it's okay to pray hey yeah they can right. stop doing bad things right, for sure but that's not what this prayer is it's whatever that is going on you know work this thing well, to me, it's a powerful prayer because the temptation, if that person is my enemy and they've hurt me or um, are hurting me in some way, uh, the temptation is obviously for me to become their enemy. Yeah. Right. And to, I like the prayer, you know, deliver us both from hatred, cruelty, and revenge. Because right. obviously I would be tempted to act out in cruelty or revenge or, hey, do you know, this is what, you know, this is the saying, misery loves company, like pain will seek out, you know, I need comfort. And so if me getting comfort is making them your enemy too, so that I feel better, well, then I haven't really prayed this prayer. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Right. Right. And there's something that, I mean, if we're honest, there's something that feels really good about Feels that, really good. Yeah. That I'm righteously angry at your eneminess yeah. to, to me. And then it's, and then you're, you know... Smite my enemy, Lord. You know, it, you start. <laughs> well, sometimes we're so clear on the sin against us. Right. We're not really clear on our right. part. Right. <laughs> yes. Our sin. Right. And I think this, the, the, the beauty of this prayer is it doesn't even enter into who's at fault. Hmm. It doesn't, none of that even comes into it. It's level ground. It's like it's level ground that lead us away from that to the place you want us to be and reconcile us. And again, I think that's because it kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier, where, you know, why don't we keep coming? And, and, and I feel like we are trained, and maybe all humans are like this, but I feel like we who grew up in America are trained to think as consumers, and we're trained to think of everything as a transaction. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, this transaction, I, you know, this is not going to work. I can see it already. Yeah. <laughs> And so why am I even praying? When in fact, that's the whole reason I should pray because I can't make the transaction work. It's not a transaction at all. I submit the whole thing to the Lord. I can't make this person stop doing the bad things. Yeah. And I think that's if I, once I begin, like God is not the great transactor for myself or for others that I come to him and say, Lord, make this happen. You know, I'm putting in my order well, you said this to me a long time ago. I thought it was really good because I think when we're praying for others and if we're going to pray, I think we should pray for those who have wounded us or offended us. We can all think of that really quickly. I don't know if we often pray for those people. Usually pray mm -hmm. for people we're on good terms with, mm -hmm. pray for people we care about, but often right. people in our families or extended families or coworkers, they hurt us. And so I don't know if we pray for them, mm -hmm. but I think we should. And one of the things you said a long time ago was, um, that, you know, God is not on our side, 
I think it's often easy when we're thinking about praying for our enemies that, well, clearly God is on my side. Right. He knows I'm right. And he, yeah, and he's mm-hmm. going to answer my prayer because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm blameless before him and mm-hmm. he's going to do something. To, but you said God, God is a side. Mm-hmm. Right. That's one of the things you see in this prayer as well. Yes. Is right. God doesn't God look at us. God stands between us yeah. as the one who loves us both. I'm not better than the other person right. because they sinned against me. Right. Right. Yeah. And that's, so there's a lot of, in a sense, kind of deep practical theology that plays itself out in praying for others. And again, I wonder if, you know, there's probably a hundred reasons why we don't pray for others as deeply as we should. Some of it is this, some of this is our own, like we don't move down to these depth uh, levels that often. Some of it might be, listen, I don't even have time to pray for my own family or my, you know, or whatever we say. Like I don't, I have three minutes for prayer a day and that's all I got or whatever it might be. But I think part of it is, you know, we we don't we don't want to submit this person to the lord you know we want you know we want this is what i want i mean i know what this person i know what the deal is lord yeah i don't you know i just want this to happen whatever it is uh and just like we need to respond to the virus appropriately and just like this could be a spiritually transform transformative event maybe this the hardship this other person is going through is something that God is using. So just to say, Lord, do your work there. I, uh, I pray for their healing. I pray that they get a job. I pray for whatever. However, whatever happens, do your, the, the mm-hmm. main thing is do your work. Yeah. Make yourself known. You know, give peace. Uh, and I think it's both of those things at the same time where... Um, I do think that's I self-edit my my prayers for other people because I don't just submit them to the Lord. I'm like, this is what I this is what should happen. I mean, yeah. every thinking person should. <laughs> yeah, know, that's a right? good idea. That's a good point. And so, okay, well, God knows that. So, uh, with a very act of prayer itself, is I can't make any of this happen. I submit them to you. I submit myself to you. Uh, we see this thing in uh, this episode in Acts when Peter's in prison and the church is praying for him, and in this case. The angels come and pre- Peter is free, freed from prison. Um, and of course, we pray for people who are sick, and sometimes they get better. But of course, ultimately, Peter, you know, goes to prison and doesn't get out. Ultimately, Paul goes yep. to prison and doesn't get out. And so, what do we do with? We're praying for others, loved ones. The answer is no. Yeah. Like what? That's the hard part. Yeah. I think the answer, I think the one of the tricky parts about prayer is accepting the answer that God gives and trusting and holding on to trust. And I want to push back a little against when people say, you know, God, God didn't give you that because you got something far better. This is kind of to last week. Yeah, but not like that. Mm-hmm. Like far better as in he might get to determine what that is and it may be nothing that you expected. And you might not even really like it, yeah. If you, but it might be the best right. thing for you. You wouldn't call it better now. You wouldn't call it better now. And I, I do think that's true. God knows exactly what we need. He knows when we need it. And whatever we have right now, that's what we need. Um, so I, when we don't get the answer we want, is there something else coming for sure? But I don't, but I don't mean it like, oh, I didn't get the... Uh, 
you know, this type of car. So obviously it's going to be the better, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. I, I didn't get right. what I wanted, so it's going to be even better. I got us something way better in store yeah. for me. Yeah. 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 Right. If God closes the door, he opens a window. Well, no, sometimes he wants me to sit in a dark room for a long time. Uh-oh. <laughs> and just like, and say, I don't have anywhere to go. Yeah. I don't know what to do. Yeah. De- being a dependent, shaped into a dependent person, um, we may not say that's better. Right. But God would say that's way better. Right. And it might be a work that happens in my heart that would only happen by, there's a long period of time where nothing, no doors, no windows, no nothing's open. Yeah. Um. So, you know, here we are. I mean, we all, I think most of us have some heightened level of anxiety uh, or, we're, or we're pushing that away and not thinking about it right. right right now. Yeah. We're praying for loved ones. We're praying. So, I mean, you, you watch the news or you see, you know, you see the updates and you see that, you know, the number of cases that the curve of the, you know, the curve of the curve is, is like this, you know, uh, what do we do with that? And how do you, I mean, how do you, well, what do what are we praying for here? Yeah. What what can we be praying for in this situation? Um, well, we've already kind of touched on it. My kind of go-to prayers um have been around praying for healing, praying for uh wisdom for leaders, praying for protection for the vulnerable. Um you know, for hospital workers and doctors to obviously also be protected, but to take care. But then for me, there's just this interesting sense of, I am praying for a sense of turning that when we are forced to slow down and rest, we get confronted with ourselves. We get confronted with our values, uh, what we value, kind of like when you, the metal workers um, cause all the impurities, the smell Mm -hmm. to come up to the Mm -hmm. top all of that stuff kind of comes to surface. So we have to deal with that in a way that we wouldn't have to. And ultimately that can be, I think, a really good thing. So I'm praying for God to do a work um, uh, of a a deeper work of people turning to him and drawing people to him during this time. And I was talking to my team, the ministry team this morning, I've been reading through second Samuel, second Samuel seven is God's covenant with David. And David says, I'm going to build you a house. And, you know, I can't believe we got mm-hmm. the ark back and God mm-hmm. doesn't have a temple. Mm-hmm. And God just flips it and says, no, 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 I'm going to build you a house. And thinking through of, we're not jump-starting God's work for him. We are simply aligning and participating with a work that he's likely already up to. Mm-hmm. He's already initiating and doing. God's on mission. He's not a passive God, sit-back God. So when we pray, when I've been praying for this, I just envision us. We're simply joining his work. He's already doing. Mm-hmm. There's already work going on mm-hmm. in the world. So mm-hmm. that's some of the things that I've been praying for. Yeah, I think I think all of those things are things that we all would do well to pray for. I think we would probably have less anxiety as we would if we prayed for those things. Uh, you know, an interesting thing that I thought of is you know many of us saw images of lots of people gathering in bars over. St. Patrick's Day or people on beaches on, you know, spring break. And, you know, I think the natural and understandable tendency 
is to, you know, ah, yeah, those people, you know, they'll find out and you kind of want something bad to happen to them. Like they need to learn. Yeah. Somebody needs to teach them. Yeah. And so can, you know, can I pray for them and say, God, uh, change their heart, soften their heart, give them new eyes to see, um, you know, can, can there be a turning in their, in their life as well? Cause it, so there's that sort of like the things that we're not likely to pray for are probably the things that we probably should think about. Why am I not praying for that person yeah. or that situation? I also think, so for a long time, you know, we've been praying for, you know, God, uh, revitalize your church, um, bring change, bring a turning, as you've said. Yeah. And, I think one of the things that's easy, it's, I think it's one of the things we, are, we often do, is sort of like watching a time travel movie or something where you're trying to figure out all the interrelationships of things and trying to figure out how that would work. And, you know, that, you know, you're trying to scheme it all out. Yeah. And of course, God's operating at a level where we're just not seeing the whole thing. Yeah, his ways are not our ways. His ways are not our ways. Yeah. And we should remember that because I think one of the things we might do is, well, this is what God's doing to bring revival to the church. Sure. And I have no clue whether that's true or not. However, I can pray in this situation, bring revival yeah. and not need to know what, what God is up to or doing. Cause that's some, that's a dangerous game to, to play. Right. Cause then you have to, you know, the, the doctors that die and whatever is God want that to happen. You wrap yourself around this axle that you can't, you can't get out of. Well, I don't really think we get permission uh, to be interpreters of events like that. Right. Uh, I think that's, as you said, a slippery slope, a dangerous game. I haven't heard much of that, but I maybe out of touch. I've heard a little with, of it. Okay, yeah. With what Christians are Christian leaders are saying. Right. Maybe. God's, you know, it's either to, you know, break up, you know, America from its slumber or wake the church up or whatever. And I think that's a little too simple. I mean, that's like Job's friends going to Job and giving him a perfectly reasonable explanation for why God might be doing this. Uh But they're completely wrong, A. And B, we don't ever really find out why God. We don't find out. This is my own personal stance. I don't think any of us really get to claim the office of prophet. That's right. After Jesus. That's right. And so divine insight into causality, like why things are happening. No, that's not our, I get to pray. Like you said, God, just use use this, this, whatever this is. We don't, I don't, I don't even know what's going on. We don't have, we're not the omniscient, um, narrator of the story that gets to say, well, God's doing this or Satan's doing this, or this is humanity or whatever. We just know this is happening and we know we should pray for these types of responses. And, and, and pray things, I think back to the beginning, like Paul prayed for depth of insight, for a spirit of wisdom. So an apprehension of God's love for us and the hope we have that yeah. all of that in this time, we can pray for ourselves and for others and in a way, it feels perhaps we have an occasion to pray those things more than we might have in the past. Yeah. And, and to carry that forward. Um, so I do think, you know, as we kind of come to the end here, I have not found that I have any 
free time. I mean, in this yet, uh, we were just talking about this, like everything, uh, I haven't either. everything about what we do and how we do it at the church has completely changed. So we're refiguring out everything on the fly and we're doing it with, uh, you know, a thousand remote meetings. And me, so me and my wife, when people are posting and talking about, oh, I'm just so bored, we look at each other and we're like, we are not there. Right. We have not gotten right. there. Not there yet. <laughs> so I understand if you work in a place that you can't work and, and sure. uh, the kids are home and, um, but when I, but it, I don't know if this will settle down to some degree. One of the things we can do with free time is be intentional about our spiritual disciplines, mm-hmm. intentional about, you know, doing some sort of whatever workout or stretching or whatever people are, uh, you know, doing uh, as much as they can, but be intentional about a spiritual rhythm where maybe I plan to pray for others daily or maybe once a day in my prayer. I'm not prescribing anything, but, you know, is there some habit that I can get into where I'm praying for others on a regular basis that in the whirlwind of life, I I probably should have but never did, maybe now is the time where I can get into that rhythm of praying for other people. I think that's really good. And, and I would just say this, and when I say church, I mean people. This is an opportunity to pray for yourselves, ourselves as the church. Mm -hmm. Because I do think this, the church can be at its brightest when the world is at its darkest. We can transcend a lot of boundaries and regulations and rules because we're just people and we're nonprofit and we're doing a lot of things Mm -hmm. uh, to care for people. I'm not meaning don't be wise or anything like that. All I'm saying is the church uh, has a a really great position to say, how can we serve, sacrificially help because uh, people's needs will come up yeah. to a place where maybe they'll allow us to serve them when they wouldn't. Prefer. Yeah, right. Yeah. And I think pray for that. Pray for that. For sure. Pray for that. But we're going to leave you with that. Uh, that's our prayer for you, that God will move in you during this time. That God will move in me, that we'll grow more deeply in love with Him and more deeply in dependence on Him and more deeply aware of all His gifts to us. Uh, and so with that, grace and peace. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to Rogue Table Talks, a Calvary Church Media Productions podcast. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts.